0: This Bible teaching comes to you from the Apostolic Church All Nations Centre in Kennington, London. Here now is Pastor Abraham Saki with the Word of God. Okay, praise the Lord. Let us praise the Lord together, brothers and sisters, friends, for another opportunity to gather around the Word of the Lord. Father, I want to just thank you for another opportunity to share your Word with your people. I pray that you prepare our hearts to receive. I pray that He will touch us, touch me first, and touch those who hear my voice, and take the little that I've got to offer to bless hearts, both now and for a long time to come. This I pray in Your majesty name with thanksgiving, Amen. My subject is the adventurer in God, the exploits of Beniah. the adventurer in God. The exploits of Benaya, and I would, I would I would I would explain myself as I go as I go along. Let me just give you a quick synopsis of what uh, I, I what I'm going to do, or how I intend to up, uh, approach this subject. What I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce introduce you a, a, a chap called Benaya. I'll do that by reading from relevant scriptures, and then what I'm going to do also is that I'm going to try I'm going to do my best to draw some uh, logical deductions. I'm not going to do anything that is uh, far fetched that will make you scratch your head. I'm going to, I'm going to draw, draw, draw some lessons or so logical assumptions from there. And then we will speak a little bit about, again, assumptions about the character of this fellow uh, Benaya. And then we're going to discuss, um, we're going to try, what I'm going to do, try and weave it into the, the main uh, poem or, uh, yes, it, it, was a, it was a poem or prayer that was written, disturb us, O Lord. I'm going to uh, try to weave that in. And then I'm going to bring a challenge to you. I'm going to bring a challenge, not a challenge saying to, to tell you, let's go out and fight, but something to stir you up. Okay, so here we go. Benaiah. Because of time, I'm going to, I'm going to read bits and pieces. Instead of perhaps reading a, a whole, a whole a, a series of verses, I'm going to read one or two verses just to bring Benaiah out. The first place where you hear Benaiah's name being mentioned is when David's mighty men were being mentioned. David had, a, and first we start with, they were told he had 30 mighty men. By the time you finish, there are 37 mighty men. And you start from the top, just a little bit down, after three people have been mentioned, Benaiah comes up, and this is what he says. So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered judgment and justice to all his army. So just to cut time short, we say Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, was over, over both the Keritites and the Pelitites, and David's sons were chief ministers. Basically, if I read uh, from verse 15, it tells you that David reigned, and that Joab, the son of Zeruiah, oh, yes, Joab, not, don't mess about with me, Joab, he was there, and there was Alihud, who was, who, who was the recorder, and then we have Zadok, or Zidok, whichever way you want to mention him, and then you have Abiatar, and then you have this character called Benaiah. And then I come down to 2 Samuel 23, from 20 to 23, and I think it would be best for me to read everything to you. I know I'm going, going a little bit fast, but I'm sure I know that you are very, very astute and you can, you can, you can take it in. So here we go. 2 Samuel 23, 20 to 23. Here we say, he said, Beniah was the son of Joida, the son of a valiant, a valiant man from Kabzil, who had done many deeds. Notice this, he had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand. So he went down to him with a staff, wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. These things Bernard, the son of Joeda, did, and won a name among three mighty men. He was more honored than the thirty, but he did not attain to the first three. And David appointed him over his guard. Just notice. So let's, let's just try to put in a nutshell what Bernard did. Let me try to enumerate it before we go into the of it. we told that his father was, was, was a very valiant man. His father was a man of notable abilities. He was from a place called Capsil, and he had done many deeds. The three that I've read to you were not all that he did, but those were the highlights of what he did. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. I will come to that later. He had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. That I find very, very uh, fascinating. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so he went down to him with a staff. Rested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. These were the days of war, my friend. These were days of war. These were days of of partying. As uh, I think it was Maud who said, a revolution is not a tea party. These were the days of war. And these were the exploits of this chap called Benaiah. So let me just try and, um, and bring some flavor of the different variations that we have in the scripture. When I was growing up in, grew up in the faith, we had one, only one or two of script, uh, versions of Scripture. Now we got loads and loads and loads and loads and loads, and everybody comes with his own variation. So just for this, uh, let me just give you what, uh, what a few versions say about this guy, Beniah. I'm going to start uh, from verse, uh, where he tells you about who he was. He says, "Beniah, son of Jehoiada, was a, v- a valiant fighter from Capsil. He performed, great, he performed great exploits. Some version says he did many heroic deeds. Some version says he was a doer of great deeds. Another version says a man of many exploits. Now stop for a second. Adventurous in God, you and I must come to the place where perhaps when our days are finished, we can be said of us. We performed great exploits or else we did heroic deeds or else we did great deeds or else we did many exploits. And that was my friend Benaya. When we come to what he did in the, in the, in the, matter, in the matter of Moab, we are told that he struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. Don't forget that those nations around Israel were always at war with Israel. And so somebody had to fight. David and Goliath were not, were not the only fights that took place. Even after David had dealt with Goliath, there were many, many, many more encounters. And uh, a New International Version says he's, he, he struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. The New Living Translation says he killed two champions of Moab. They were not uh, 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 ruffians. They were champions, and this Benjamin dealt with them. And so we come down to this bit about him going down to a lion, uh, lion in a pit. This is what the New International Version says. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Those words are very important. He went down into a pit on a snowy day, and killed a lion. You know, the New Living Translation puts it differently. It says, another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. That puts a different slant on it. How many times, how can you envisage somebody chasing a lion? Meaning that as he was coming, the lion was running. Now, I do not know. We are told by virtue that he went down into the pit. Other says, he chased it. Whatever he did, he he does with lion but we will deal with this as we go along. So we take the subject a lion in a pit on a snowy day. We are told that the lazy man says there is a lion in the street I will be killed. Yes I will be will be killed. Why did Benaiah go into the pit to face the lion? I wrote this and I had, to, I had to I had to I had to I said to you that I will use my my imagination. Hopefully nothing too far-fetched. Who would chase a lion into a pit? Who will go down to a lion in a pit? Who in his right mind would do so? But I believe that Benaiah was, was in his right mind and he did it for a purpose. And these are my, this is what I, I think. I say it's quite possible that this one lion, that, that it has strayed into territory inhabited by humans. If you know anything about these lions and stuff like that, they normally stay in their own territory. But once in a while, one of them gets very bold. And when they get bold, they come where human beings dwell. And when they come down, they kill people. And we're told that once they've had a taste of human flesh, they come back for some more and they must be dealt with. So this lion had come, I, I, my, my, my guess is that it had come into the territory. Uh, Bernard didn't go into the bush to look for the lion, no. The lion came and he had to deal, he had to deal with, with the lion. The safety of the town was, was, was very paramount and so Benaya had to deal with it. We will draw lessons from that. A lion in a pit, will eventually come out and therefore have to be dealt with. When the lion goes into a pit, he didn't go there to sleep. He went there to hide, but only for a moment. Please let your imagination begin to, to run now and say, what do we have in a vicinity where people dwell? There is a lion, and that lion has gone into a pit. Some of you live in places where perhaps there's a snake. The snake has escaped. You know that that snake is going to come out at one time or the other. If, got, if, if, if you care, you've got to look for that snake and deal with it because a snake will come at a time that you do not expect. And so Benaya had to deal with this lion. A lion in a pit, for me, or not for me, but no, not me, no. For Benaya, this is in my, in my estimation, a lion in a pit is a lion that is vulnerable. It is cornered. That's my imagination. Somebody say, oh, no, leave it alone. It's dangerous. But for Benaya, if that lion happened to be found in a pit, the lion was a, 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 a disadvantage. You had a phrase, oh, this guy is so big. And they say, if he's so big, then I cannot miss. And they say, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. And so that was the mindset of Benaya. After I had written this thing down, I thought, let me do a little bit of research. And the pulpit commentary has this to say. He says, this achievement will be as greatly remembered as killing of a lion, uh, a man-eating tiger, by the natives in India. A lion, driven by the cold from the forest, had made its lair in, in a dry tank near some town, and thence preyed upon the inhabitants as they went in and out of the city. And Benaiah had pity upon them; he came to the rescue and went down into the pit, and at the risk of his life slew the lion. A lion in the pit, not just a lion in the pit, but a lion in the pit on a snowy day. Can you imagine? A snowy day is, not, is, a, a, snowy day is a cold day one. A snowy day is a slippery day, not, not, not the kind of day you want to go out. Some of us find problems everywhere. No, 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 and we run away. For, for Beniah, snow gave him no problems. So long as there was a lion that was posing a, a threat to human life, it, 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 it had to be dealt with. Don't forget our subject, adventures in God. Adventures in God. If we're going to venture out, if we're going to do exploits for God, then we will have to do these things. And then, of course, we're told that he defeated a man, a, better, a man who was better armed than him. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Not just an Egyptian, but a huge Egyptian Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benar went against him with a club and dealt with him. This is a scenario. Here is a big man standing there, bigger than you. He has a spear. You only have a club. If 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 your relative, if your brother, if your son, if your pastor, if your husband said, I'm going to fight somebody, say, oh, ah, tell me about the person. Oh, he's big Oh, He's very, very big. And apart from that, he's got a spear in his hands. And what do you have? Oh, you only have a club in your hands. You only have a, 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 a what was what, it's, it's a club in your hand. What are you going to do? Benaya, it didn't matter. I trust that by now you begin to understand where we're going to. So let's move a little bit quicker because time is gone. Let me use my imagination. I would, I would like to meet Benaya. I would like to have a conversation with Benaya. I'd like to find out what the guy, what made the guy tick, what made him what he really is. So here I am and I come against this is all imaginary, imaginary place. I'm just using my, my, my imagination. I would like to meet Benaya and as some of you will say, I said, Benaya, I would like to have audience with you. I don't know whether he will allow me to call him Benaya. Maybe I call him Commander Benaya. Commander Benaya, I would like to have audience with you. So I say, hey, Commander, how are you wired? You know, you see some people say, how how are you wired? How do you think? What makes you what you are? Because I know we say all men are created equal, but we are wired differently. Where someone sees trouble, someone sees opportunity. Where someone sees danger, someone sees excitement. So I like to speak to Benna. I say, Benaya. What makes you so special? And he would look at me and say, Abraham, my my dear friend, yeah, my dear friend. He says, listen, I simply had to rise to the occasion. On all three occasions that you you have just spoken about, I rose to the, I had to, there was a task at hand and I needed to deal with it. I wasn't alone, but I believe that that my destiny called and I had to deal with these things. So with a lion, I had to deal with a lion. With the two champions of Moab, they had to be dealt with because they were mouthing obscenities. And as for that spectacular uh, Egyptian, I had to deal with him. I wasn't looking for fame. Let me say this to you: you who are seeking to do exploits for God or adventures, God, don't ever go looking for fame. But now we say to me, Abraham, I wasn't looking for fame. On the contrary, I wasn't being reckless either. Someone will say, I'm going chasing a lion on a snowy day. You are reckless. You're going to leave your poor wife a, a, a widow. Your children will be fatherless. No, 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 no. I wasn't being reckless at all. I was not looking to make a name for myself. Ah, so Benaya, what makes you what you are? Ah, don't forget that I, I, you have been told that my father was a man of valor. My father was a very man of valor. So perhaps something in my father's DNA stuck to me. I wasn't taking unnecessary risks. Benaya, don't you care what people would have thought about you? Don't you care what people would say about your wife and about you? He would say, don't worry. As the saying goes, those who cannot hear the music would think that the dancers are mad. And I was dancing, and they didn't know what music I was hearing. I was hearing the music of God in me. I am a man of destiny. Destiny calls to me. And when my destiny calls, I went. I didn't go recklessly. I depended on my God, and so I went. Let us move on swiftly. We told that Bernard took risks. When you go against somebody with a spear in his hand, you are taking risks. When you go against a, a, a lion, forget about the snowy day. So forget about the pit. You are running risks. I came across a piece of um, a, t- a term used. I was, listening, I was listening to an audiobook called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, written by a guy called Mark Batterson. And he used the term, God-ordained risks. I hear the word risk used so often. Let's take a risk. I said, let's take a risk. I said, no, why do I need to take a risk? For me, I, I, I said, no, we, let's not take a risk. Except you tell me that it, 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 it depends on what's happening. People said, to you, oh, well, life is a risk. No, life is not a risk. If life were a risk, then let's sit and do nothing. Benaiah had to do what a man had to do. And so I had that term used. God-ordained risk, and that I can run with, that I can accept, that can sit well with me. So let me try in my own words to explain to you what I understand God-ordained risk means. Let me, let me read you what I've written, yeah? God-ordained risks are the risks the child of God faces in the course of the performance of duties and callings assigned by God. When a Christian goes out to do his or her God-assigned jobs, there's a risk that comes with it. So listen to this, reading from Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was, he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. When you go out not knowing where you are going, if that is not risky, I don't know what risk there is. I don't know what you can call risk. And then I read in Matthew 10, 16. It says this. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Our Christian calling comes with risk. Christ says, I am sending you out. You are sheep. The sheep with a serpent against a serpent, uh, a sheep against wolves, uh, the sheep is, is, is at a dis- disadvantage. So our very calling, that is, if we choose to rise up to it, the Bible says that those who will lead a godly life will suffer persecution. That is a God-ordained risk and from which we cannot run away. Some of us have heard the term occupational risk. Occupational risk is a risk that comes to the, they say it comes to the territory. My people say it's a person who goes to the, to the water, to fetch water, who is liable to break the pot. If you sat at home and did nothing, you can't, of course, I, no, no, let me say that. I know somebody who, um, just walking past the port, he will break it because he's not steady on his feet. That's not what I'm talking about. So, my friends, God-ordained risks. The choice to dance to the music that God is playing is a risk. The decision to answer the call of destiny, I told you last time I heard this, uh, "The call, destiny calls. The in God, I said to you, destiny calls. And Beniah was a man who exemplified this whole thing. Oh, I love Beniah. Anyone who takes a step of faith is engaged in a God-ordained risk. I said a step of faith. For the risk to be worthwhile, the results must be worth it. They must have eternal value. When the books and the records are opened in the day of judgment, that will be brought up. The risk involved in the pursuit of the things of God bring eternal value. Rewards. So let's move on. Let me tell you now this: what a god what, what what is not a God-ordained race? I, you may have heard of the term Niagara daredevils. Niagara daredevils. For me, the champion of them all was a guy called Charles Blondin. It wasn't actually his name. He was a Frenchman who left France, went to the U.S., and then from the U.S. He came, to, he came to the UK. I understand that he's buried somewhere in Kensal Green. That's where he's, he's, he's buried now. But Blondin was a man who did tightrope walking. Let me read this to you. From the, uh, He says this. By the time he gave his final performance in 1896, it was estimated that Blondin had crossed Niagara Falls 300 times. Not once, 300 times. That man must have had a death wish and walked more than 10,000 miles on his rope. He died of complications from diabetes the following year. So it wasn't the tightrope that killed him. Diabetes killed him. Listen to this. During the run-up to the 1864 United States presidential election, Abraham Lincoln compared himself to Blondin on the tightrope with all that was valuable to America in the wheelbarrow as as he was pushing it before him. The guy didn't just walk. He was even pushing a wheelbarrow. That, brother and sister, is not God-ordained risk. Don't go and do it and say, oh, Pastor preach on it. No, tightrope walking is not God-ordained risk. Some may call it stupidity, some may call it foolhardiness. I don't know. I will not judge him, but it is not God-ordained risk. If you want God-ordained risk, read Hebrews 11. I don't have time to read to you, but when you read Hebrews 11, you will find that When you go on your walk of faith, you are involved in God-ordained risk. Listen to this. It says, they quench the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle. That's exactly what Benaiah did. Oh, we've heard, we've heard of, our, of, of our David killing, killing Goliath and all that. But this guy Benaiah has, has something to teach us. He has something to teach us. As I said to you, I'm not gonna read to you the whole of Hebrews 11. I must begin to wind down now. So let me try and sum up Benaiah. I've gone at breakneck speed. I'm going to calm myself down for a second and try to summarize Benaiah for you. This man, Benaiah. Actually, if I had a chance to name somebody, I would I call the person Benaiah. If I had a chance to change my name, I would call myself Abraham Benaiah Saki. Yep, yeah? Because he was a, he, he was a man. He was a, he was a man to behold. So let me try and sum up Benaiah. He was fearlessly bold. Anyone who faces a lion, not just a lion, but lion-like men. You see, when I said, if I can beat, beat a, big, a proper lion, then I can, I, can, I can deal with lion-like men. He was well-trained. How can I draw that conclusion? Anybody who goes up against somebody with a spear, only with a club in his hands, must be well-trained. So he didn't just wake up and say, let's go and fight this Egyptian." He was well-trained. If you want to begin adventures in God, get yourself some sound training. As I, was coming up, as I was coming up to preach, I was speaking to one of the pastors and he quoted to me uh, uh, this really. The secret to success is for a man to be ready when his time comes. Don't wait now, my friend. Begin to do the necessary work and then when the lion comes, you can deal with it. And then when that uh, Egyptian comes and makes a lot of noise, you can deal with it. And when the champion, the two champions of Moab come, you'll be ready, my friend. Benaiah was loyal. You know what really drew me, drew me to Benaiah? Benaiah was a man, where I, I, I'm to myself, he had longevity. We read to you from the start when David's mighty men was mentioned. But then as you come along, Benaiah was still around. They were mighty men, but Benaiah has always been steady. As I say, steady she goes, and he was always there. So I said he was very loyal, and he was trustworthy. When the whole king of Israel makes you his bodyguard, not at the end of it, but at the beginning, you must be trustworthy. Brother, sister, who will make you their bodyguard? More than that, who would entrust? Some of us, we cannot be even entrusted with a few secrets. They tell us about it before we know we are over the place. Oh, I've got a prayer topic. I've a, oh, sister says, so, so, so. no, 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 you are a gossip. That's all you're doing, nothing else. Consistency and longevity. He said under King David, and then he said also under Solomon. Now listen to this. With the exploit that he's done, you would think that he would raise his shoulders and say, hey, I, want to, I must be king. I must be king. Oh, no, 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 no. Of course, there were a few other mighty men around, but he was content to serve. He knew exactly where God had put him. Do you know where God has put you? You who are causing trouble for your leaders, you who are pulling them down because you think you can do a better work? No, Benaiah was steady, and Benaiah's Benaiah's reward came later on. I will be a little bit longer than usual. Yep. Benaiah was a man who never disappointed. So as I'll read to you later on, when David had a problem, he went to Benaiah. When Solomon went to had a problem, he went to Beniah. What a man Beniah! What a man Beniah! Come on, my friends, he wasn't given to excuses. Beniah could have turned up and said, "Oh, it's there's snow out there. That lion may kill somebody. It will not be my child or my somebody." But Beniah said, "No, no, 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 no. So long as that lion poses a threat to any other person, that lion poses a threat to me, and it will. I will not rest until I've dealt with it." Beniah saw opportunity in the lion in the in the in, in, in the pit. A lion you, a lion in the pit is a vulnerable lion to the mind of Benaya. To some of us, a lion in the pit is a dangerous lion. We said he fought like a wounded lion. You are a wounded lion, you are a caged lion, you are the same. After all, I dealt with two lion like men. Let me say this this you are warning. Please do not go chasing lions unnecessarily. If the, if the lion comes after you, then you must stand. Of course, if you don't have the ability, you need to run, please, uh, 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 do, 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 run. But if you can't, you stand and you face the lion. Now, I'm talking about the lions of society. I'm talking about lions that plague us. Right now, we are not in danger of meeting physical lions on the streets of, on the streets of Lon- London, or wherever you are. You are not, except, of course, you are somewhere uh, in the Maasai Mara or a place like that, but not in, not, not in the UK, and certainly not in Bermont Yeah. A lion and a bear came after the flock over which David had charged. And David had no choice than to stand up to the lion. What kind of a leader are you? When you're in trouble, then you're going to run away. A lion roared against something and something took exception to that. Something said, hey, don't you know who I am? I am anointed of the Lord. He had to deal with that. When the lions come against us, we must stand. And when they come against something that belongs to us, we must stand against that. Adventures in God. Let me just say to you, we can have adventures in God in almost every human endeavor, let me read to you a few. You can have adventures in God in every human endeavor as demonstrated in Hebrews 11. You can have adventures in say the Word of God. You can have adventures in the Word of God. When you say, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to read God's Word. It's not for 10 minutes, it's not a 90-day wonder. But you say, I'm going to read, not just read, I'm going to do research, and I'm going to allow it to seep into my being. Somebody now begin to allow that to seep into you. You can have adventures in prayer. You can have adventures in your secular employment. When you do it as unto the Lord, you can have adventures. And God would open your eyes to see things that ordinary person cannot see. What about being a better husband, a better wife? We say, Branzaki, you don't mean it. I mean it, my friend. When you give your life to God, when you give yourself to God, He says, I must have the Savior with me. I dare not walk alone. A man or a woman in a marriage who, is not, who, who, who has God with him cannot express. Your husband would think you are the best since, since anything else. And your wife, your husband, your children think you are the best. Come on, my friends. Let's have adventures in God. You don't have to go to look for a physical lion. You don't have to meet uh, the the, the two champions of Moab. And certainly you don't have to meet a spectacular and handsome man uh, from Egypt. But they are there in one way or the other. So let me just give you a few prayers and I will close. My prayer. Lord, let me catch the rumor word of the spirit for these times. Let me hear the sound of the music that says destiny calls. Somebody has said to you, destiny calls. Disturb me, O oh Lord, that I will stand up to the giants of the land that are mouthing out threats and obscenities. I refuse to be disturbed by the attacks, the insults, the accusations, the spiritual attacks of those within and without, because I know that anyone who allows themselves to be disturbed by these will never be disturbed by God. When you pay attention to those who are disturbing you, your eyes are taken off God. Forget about them. They have their duty to perform. Just pay, fix your eyes on God. And then when he disturbs you, you'll be more than a conqueror. Lord, let my disturbances come only from you. Destiny calls, and so I will stop looking for so-called pro- promotions in church. People fight. They fight because of promotions in church. Come on. Let me be stirred up by the disturbances of the Lord so that I will take time to think, meditate, pray, and seek the Lord and serve the present age. Disturb me real good. As Americans will say, Real good. God is telling me real good to recognize that the lions are still around, the champions of Moab are still around, and that good-looking Egyptian is still around, but they must be dealt with. Perhaps you see, to, you see yourself as having missed the tide for a particular venture. All is not lost. No, not yet. You can help raise the next benaya Somebody help raise up the next benaya You can commit or endeavor to put the necessary spiritual, moral, financial, and educational infrastructure in place to bring this to pass for your son, your daughter, or anyone on whom you see the hand of God. Listen to the master of the occasions as destiny calls. May the spirit of work in Bernal move amongst us, men and women, boys and girls of all ages. Disturb us, O Lord. My praise God, disturb us. Let me pray with you, my friend. My time is gone. Let me pray with you. I pray for you now in the name of Jesus that you catch something of the spirit of Beniah. a man who was not given to making excuses, a man who was bold. You know something? When push came to shove and God needed some work being done, God, not God, I mean, when King Solomon wanted something done, he called for Beniah. When David wanted something done, he called for Benaiah. Benaiah was always in the company of mighty people, the priest, the scribe, the prophet. Would anyone see you as being reliable? Would anyone see you as being dependable? When Benaiah was asked to go and anoint or go with a company of people to go and anoint Solomon. He said, may God bring to pass whatever he said as is done for Solomon as is done for David. Brother, sister, I may have had to rush this message. Why don't you go and read about Benaiah? Why don't you pray this to God? There's work to be done. May the spirit of God rest on you, brother, sister. May his presence rest on you powerfully. That you move in him. Because this age needs the Benaiah's of this world. In Jesus' name, Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching you just listened to, Pastor Abraham Sake of the Apostolic Church All Nations Centre in Kennington, London. Our address is 13 Tyers Terrace, Lambeth, London, SE11 5LZ. Call us on 020 7820 9917. Find us on the web at www.apostolic. Dash amc.org. The All Nations Centre, reaching out into the community in practical and caring ways.